Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome. <laughs> We're a few minutes late because of good old technology. Um, last week, we uh, talked about unsecured business credit lines, and um, I know quite a few of you were attending the webinar on um, the concierge credit service, um, so you probably learned quite a lot. Today, we're keeping somewhat in line with that subject, and we're going to talk about five ways to build credit, uh, which is important, especially when you want to invest in real estate. Um, so without further ado, and because we're a few minutes late, let's jump right in. Brian, tell us a little bit about FICO scores. Sure. So there are a few different types of credit score out there, but the most commonly used is, is FICO, uh, which is created by the Fair Isaac Corporation, hence the term FICO. Um, and these are used by most of the lenders out there and credit card companies. Uh, credit scores range from 300 to 850. Uh, in practice, you almost never see credit scores below 500. Uh, and it's, it's rare to see credit scores above 800 as well. So uh, a credit score in the, the mid to upper 600s is, you know, average to good. Um, anything below like 650 is fair, below 600 is bad. Um, and then above 750 is great credit. Uh, over 800 is outstanding credit. So hopefully that gives you a sense of the credit involved. So the way that FICO calculates these scores uh, here's how it breaks down. So your payment history accounts for the largest proportion of your credit score. So if you make your payments late every month uh, or, or ever for that matter, you're going to have bad credit. I mean, that, that's what it is. Um, if you make your payments on time every month, that goes a long way in helping you to establish better credit. Um, so your payment history accounts for 35% of your credit score. Now the next largest a uh, factor that impacts your credit score is the total amount of debt that you have versus your total credit limit. Uh, and this is particularly impactful for rotating credit lines like credit cards. So, right. And that's uh, per credit card, credit line. Yeah. So th it's basically the ratio of credit that you ha have, like the total credit limit you have uh, versus the amount that you actually use. And it's calculated as a percentage. So if you have a credit limit of $1,000 on a credit card and you use 250, you have a credit a balance of $250 on that, then that's a 25% usage ratio, um, which is okay. Anything under a 30% usage ratio is, is pretty good. So you really, that's a, a magic number with the credit bureaus is 30% uh, credit usage. You want to keep your balances below that. Um, all right. The next largest factor that impacts your credit scores is the length of credit history, the average age of your accounts. Uh, that accounts for 15% of your credit score. The older your accounts, the better. Um, 
older accounts mean that you have a more established credit history. Uh, whereas if you just opened an account last month, you don't have a whole lot of credit history to speak of. So the average age of your accounts uh, has plays a role in your credit. Older is better. And what about, I'm going to ask, um, with credit inquiries, what can you, I know this question comes up a lot, so I'm going to have you answer it. Um, soft hits and hard hits. Can you describe the difference between them? Sure. So credit in inquiries make up 10% of your credit score. And those, first of all, they disappear after a certain amount of time. They disappear entirely within two years. They stop impacting your credit score within one year. So, um, you know, it's just a, it's a tiny ding against your score. We're not talking about a, a much of a movement here on your score. Um, but to answer your question, the difference between a hard inquiry and a soft inquiry is that a soft inquiry is initiated by the consumer and does not ding your credit score at all. So, for example, the tenant screening reports that landlords run through our website, those actually get approved and authorized by the tenant, by the applicant. So that, those are soft credit inquiries and do not hurt the tenant's score at all. A credit card company or a mortgage lender, for example, runs your credit report unilaterally. That is a hard credit thing, and that does uh, hurt your score a very little bit. But again, it's temporary and it goes away within a year. So um, it's not not the end of the world, but it can hurt your credit score a little bit. And then finally, the last factor that that impacts your credit score is your credit mix. So the different types of credit that you have. The credit bureaus like to see a diverse range of, of credit types. So credit cards and maybe a car loan or a personal loan or a mortgage loan. So, you know, the more different types of credit you have, the better. Although that being said, you also don't want to have high balances on any of those, um, you know, because what we talked about for the second factor, uh, your your credit utilization ratio. So. Right. And say you um, had a divorce or an illness or whatnot and your score is a little low or layoff or whatnot or covid um what are some things that you can do to pop that score up a bit well first and foremost you want to check your credit score your, your credit report regularly and your credit score for that matter um, because the credit bureaus get it wrong all the time i mean they are they're processing billions upon billions of transactions every single day and they're going to make mistakes sometimes so you want to look for errors on your credit report and if you see any errors that are hurting your credit dispute them and by law the three credit bureaus the main credit bureau equifax and transunion they have to reply to you within 30 days they, there's a whole streamlined process that they have to honor by federal law so they have very simple user-friendly ways for you to dispute any errors. They each one of their websites have a place where you can we can do that. Um, so you want to monitor your your credit report at least once a year and look for errors and then dispute those errors. Um, and that is actually the fastest way to improve your credit score is to fix errors on it. Now, if your credit is bad because of things that you did and not because of errors, uh, that's a that's a different story. Um, the, the first and foremost thing that you must do is you must pay your bills on time in full every single month, no exceptions. If you make payments, it's going to ruin your credit, period.
that's that's just what it is. Now, now with that being said, there are um, attorneys and uh, companies or whatever that will help you to clear up some of those things um and you will you'll have like lexington law is one of them but there's a, a bazillion out there and there's attorneys that can actually because unfortunately these credit companies sell your accounts off for dollars pennies on the dollar and these companies will come after you with a fervor and there are regulations they have to follow and often they don't so it's not a bad idea, even if it was your fault, to check with an attorney or a company like Lexington just to see if there's things that you can do and with their help, because I've heard it um, and I've seen it myself. I went through a divorce and I had um, help from an attorney help me to, to stop some harassment and whatnot. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, the next thing you can do, you know, the next fastest way to improve your credit is to pay down your credit card balances below 30% of your credit limit. Mm -hmm. So again, if you have a, a credit limit on your credit card of $1,000, get that balance below $300. So get your balances below 30% of your total credit line limit. And that will boost your score instantly. Uh, or at least, you know, the next, within a month, <laughs> sometimes there's a month long delay here. Uh, but that is a, uh, that's the, the fastest way other than fixing errors, uh, paying down your credit card balances or other rotating debt balances, the fastest way to improve your credit. Now, another thing that you can do along similar lines there is you can ask for a credit line increase, which can achieve the, the same result, right? So if your credit line is $1,000 and if you have a $500 balance and if you if you get your credit card company to boost your bet your credit card limit up to two thousand dollars then suddenly that puts you below that 30 percent utilization ratio right so asking for a credit line increase can achieve the same result of getting your your balance below 30 percent of your total credit line your credit now does getting a, or asking for an increase does that a, is that a hard hit or a soft hit or does that affect your credit score at all uh, if they run your credit report, which they probably will, then yes, that will be a, uh, a hard credit inquiry, most likely. Uh, but again, those are temporary and they're very small. You know, they might, it might ding your score, you know, a couple points or something, but it's, it's not going to, it's not going to make or break your credit score. Gotcha. Now, finally, some people have not established much credit yet, which is different from trying to fix bad credit. Some people just haven't had the chance to, to build any credit at all yet. You know, college students, for example, young people, uh, immigrants, you know, people who just haven't had a chance to create a credit history yet. And the, the strategy for them is a little bit different. They want to open some credit accounts to start establishing credit. You know, one thing they can do is open a credit card account, of course, that's easy enough. Um, or if they have trouble opening a credit card because they don't have any credit history, they can open a secured credit card uh, where the, the credit card company holds collateral from you, usually cash, you know, they'll, they'll have a certain amount of cash that they hold as collateral, and then they'll give you a credit card with a balance limit up to the amount of cash that you gave them. And, um, but it works, but they still report it as a credit card. You know, it's not a debit card. Uh, they just hold that cash reserve in case you default. And then, you know, after you have that for a year, you can graduate up to an unsecured credit card um, like a big kid. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> so another thing that you can do to build credit is you can get a credit builder loan, which is, you know, it's, it's not actually a loan, it's a misnomer, but it's reported as a loan to the credit bureaus. So what you do is one of these companies, you, you would go to them and you agree to make monthly payments to them for a certain term, you know, one year, two years, whatever. And they set aside your money for you. And at the end of the loan term, they give you back your money minus a small fee for their, for their trouble, <laughs> right? Uh, but they report your monthly payments as if it's a loan, as if it's an installment loan. So, Which helps with the mixed bag. So you don't just have credit cards. So you also have a loan. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, you know, it doesn't cost you much. You might pay 20 bucks or something total for the uh, for this service. And then over the course of the next year or two, you you build credit through it and you get the money back at the end. So it's a great way to uh, build your credit profile if you do not have any credit history established yet. And one one final point here is let's talk mortgages against rental properties because we're all real estate investors here, right? <laughs> Property managers. So one or two mortgages on your credit report helps your credit. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> that is not going to help your credit at all. It's going to hurt your credit. And most conventional mortgage lenders, they put a, a limit on the number of mortgages reporting on your credit before they stop lending you mortgages. So for most lenders, most conventional mortgage lenders, that's four. So you can have up to four conventional mortgages, mortgage loans reporting on your credit, uh, and then you can't take them out anymore. You have to go use someone like a portfolio loan, a portfolio lender uh, who keeps their, their loans in-house and doesn't report these loans to the credit bureaus. Uh, but you, you do, there is a limit to how many conventional mortgage loans you can get on rental properties before you get cut off by your traditional mortgage brokers and lenders. Okay. Very cool. And we um, have a link to um, our loans page, and there's a ton of information on these type of lenders. Yeah, we've compiled a bunch of uh, different portfolio lenders that specifically work with real estate investors. They do not report your loan payments to the credit bureaus. Uh, it's all held in-house. So not great resources. And we also, we have an article with much greater detail on how to improve your credit score, particularly as a real estate investor, since it does impact your livelihood. I mean, you know, the better your credit, the easier time you're going to have financing your, your rental properties. Um, Absolutely. I think people think too that we appreciate um, it. Oh, thank you. Uh, cat, like I've heard this. Oh, we have plenty of cash. We only need a small mortgage, so we'll be okay even if we have bad credit, which isn't always the case. So really protect your credit. Yeah, it's better than cash. You never know when an emergency will hit and when you'll need access to more capital. And at that point, having good credit can be a lifesaver for you. Right. Literally. Um, so Tim says, all three of my properties will be under my LLCs very soon. Uh, Tim, glad to hear that. I uh, can help with asset protection uh, and in some cases with, with tax protection. Um, but yeah, so if, if Tim, if you uh, not, most conventional mortgage lenders will not lend to LLCs. Uh, portfolio mortgage lenders will lend to LLCs, uh, just for reference. So, all right. Denny, is there anything else you want to cover before we call this episode complete? 
I don't think so, Brian. You were pretty thorough. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Christina says, even for using hard money lenders, you need an okay credit score. And that's very true. Yes. Um, yeah, even hard money lenders they and portfolio lenders and other types of real estate investor lenders, uh, they do look at your credit score. Um, now, granted, they tend to scrutinize the deal and the property a little bit more closely, mm -hmm. uh, and they tend to be a little bit more lenient on your credit, uh, but they still set minimum credit requirements and they still price their loans accordingly. So keep that in mind as well. They will, they will charge more for borrowers with bad credit. Right. Um, I mean, there are... Uh, um... There are loans, especially if you're first, your first time and you're house hacking, maybe getting a duplex. So you could work with, there are conventional and FHA loans that will work with you with a lower credit score, you know, if you, if you still can get in and it won't be a barrier. Yeah. And Tim asks here, uh, does that help with getting a new home loan? Um, and I'm not, uh, I'm not entirely sure which, uh, I'm not sure what you're referring to here um but having fewer having just one mortgage on your credit uh is definitely better for going out and getting a, a new home loan like a second home or or you know buying a replacement home uh rather than having like four mortgages reporting on your credit uh, if that's what you're referring to tim uh, and of course a higher credit score always makes it easier and cheaper to get a loan and with a lower down payment so right all right, guys. Thanks, as always. And we will see you next Tuesday at 2 o'clock Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. And, um, and one last comment from Timmy. He says, inputting all three properties into my LLC uh, will getting a home loan. Um, no, not necessarily. Uh, that will not, putting your properties under an LLC name will not necessarily impact your ability to get personal home loans. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't expect that to to really impact your ability to get a, a mortgage for your own personal residence yeah, okay. um, but you know something to talk to your lenders about uh, as you're as you're pricing out loans so all right uh, as always thanks for joining us and we will see you next Tuesday have a great day did you know we offer a free eight video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate it's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. And we will catch you on the flip side.